Um, my name is Jeep Underwood, and I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, finishing up a series and wrapping up a series that we've been on called the Proven Playbook. Uh, we've really been looking at the scriptural principles of uh, of just relating that really apply to all of us and in every arena of our lives, and they're really the practices that we really strive to practice here at Church in the Valley on our teams. And they're like they're like plays in the Proven Playbook, kind of like a football team has their 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 plays they go to over and over again that really bring success. And so far, what we looked at, we looked at putting the goals and interests of other people ahead of your own. We've looked at clearing up relationships. We looked at living an honest and open life, and we looked at giving and receiving scriptural correction. Now, the, these four these four uh, practices they they really do form just uh, our, a real basis for our personal relationships with each other in every arena of our lives. And there's, but there's actually, there's three more plays that we have here, uh, that we have here that we run that I want to just touch on a couple of them. And we'll, we're going to touch on these in future weeks a little, a little bit more. But uh, just supporting the work financially, that's one thing. And then another thing is just following spiritual leadership uh, within scriptural guidelines. Those are things we're, we're going to cover some of those things in the future. But today, I want to look. And we're going to be looking at really a, a play that we run here that really has to do with um, the teamwork here behind the church. Now, at the church here, we have a lot of volunteers that really pull off everything that we do here. Uh, those volunteers they help us. They really that's a big part of just pulling off our Sunday experience that we do here. A lot of volunteers to do that. We have volunteers that really help. Uh, connect to and help with our group, with our group life. And then we also, this just personal ministry in the lives of other people. There's just a lot of people finding their part to play. And, uh, those, when you look at those plays that we've looked at in the past, the last four weeks, what those do is those really create an environment where real teamwork can happen. Where, you know, people are really looking out for each other, people are really being honest with each other and helping one another. And, you know, really to accomplish a goal, you need a team that really does work together and pulls together. And every person on that team really has a unique part to play. Like imagine imagine a football team that had only a quarterback and receivers. Now, I wouldn't want to be that quarterback because I, I, I got a feeling you'd get your jersey dirty pretty a whole lot. You know, it'd be, uh, it would be a mad run for the quarterback and you'd wind up getting a lot of, uh, you know, running to the other end zone. Then, you know, so you really need, you really need linemen. You need someone to protect the quarterback. You need some running backs. You need people to, so you have other options than just throwing the ball. But then, you know, you also look at, well, what if, what if you had just quarterback and linemen? Well, you, you might be able to protect your quarterback, but you're not really going to go anywhere. You know, you just, you really can't get the ball down the field. Maybe a quarterback push once in a while, but, you know, one yard at a time is not going to get you very far. Or maybe, you know, what if, what if you have a whole team, but you don't have the quarterback? Yeah, all the parts are there, but there's just no one just directing the effort. So, you know, leadership's really needed on a team to be able to direct the effort. Um, so each of us have just a real unique part to play to really pull off a team. So also, also I want to look back. You look back at the first four weeks in this series, those plays that we were talking about, there's really an undercurrent that goes underneath all those plays. And that undercurrent is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. We're being connected to the grace of God enables us to really conduct those plays that we've been talking about. So 
like putting the goals and interests of other people ahead of your own, you really, you really need to be connected to God's grace and convinced that God's really going to take care of you. Because if you are, then, then you're able to put the interest of other people ahead of your own because you know you're going to be taken care of. Clearing up relationships, you really need to be connected to God's grace so that, and you're really connected to God's forgiveness of you so that you can really have forgiveness to offer. It's really, a, it's, it, they're really, that's really what's required to really be able to have clear relationships. Living an honest and open life, just really convinced that, that God's grace is really connected to you and that He really accepts you where you're at, where you're at. That really enables you to really be honest and open with people. Giving and receiving correction. You know, being really connected to God's heart for you, realize that He really is your loving Father. And when the, He brings correction into your life, it's because He really cares about you and it's really in an atmosphere of delight in you. It's really this, this undercurrent of grace that really is of being connected to God and His grace that really enables to be able to do those, to follow through with those plays. Jesus said something that I think is very, very interesting in John chapter 7. He, he was at a feast and He stood up and he said, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. When, you're, when your life has been really impacted by the grace of God, and you're really connected to Jesus, your life, God, he really pours into you, and your life begins to overflow and spill out into the lives of other people. And that's really, that's really the ministry that we have is to really connect and really spill over in the lives of other people. And it's really that connection with God and His grace that really enables that. So at church, at church, our goal, our goal is to really help connect people to the grace of God. That's, that's one of our, that's our, that's our goal is to really connect people to the grace of God. To really help people pass from darkness to light. And to really, uh, Really not quit going the way they were going with the results they were having and really have the life that God really has for them and really step into the kingdom. And then uh, another next part of our goal is to really help people that have actually connected to the grace of God to really walk in the grace of God and become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That they would just over time become more and more like Jesus and begin to really learn from Him and really, really intimately connected with Him. That's, that's, that's a, that's what our goal is here at the church. That's what we're really trying to accomplish, and it takes a team of people playing their part to really make that happen, to really accomplish what God wants to do with us. I want us, I want us to look at a movie clip uh, right now, and if you've been around me very much, you have probably seen this clip, but uh, it's a it's a clip from the movie Gettysburg, and uh, it's Gettysburg was a pivotal war, a pivotal uh, battle in the Civil War, and. It was based, it's based on a book. A guy, a guy wrote a book, kind of a novelization, but he, he went through and he read all the historical documents and a lot of letters that people wrote that were actually at the Battle of Gettysburg and he constructed the true story of what happened there. And that's what this movie's based on. And so I want to kind of set this clip is there's been 120 guys who have actually deserted from the, the army, uh, in the state of Maine. Cause they get have some grievances, they get frustrated about things. And then they, uh, they've been captured and they've been brought to Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain who's been told you can shoot them or you can use them. You can, you can do whatever you want with these guys. And so he's, he's getting ready to step into the battle in Gettysburg. And I want us just to listen to how he, he calls these guys forward to really participate and be a part of what it is they're doing and why it matters. So let's take a look at this clip. 
You know who we are, what we're doing here, but if you're gonna fight alongside us, there's a few things I want you to know. This regiment was formed last summer in Maine. There were a thousand of us then. There are less than 300 of us now. All of us volunteered to fight for the Union, just as you did. Some came mainly because we were bored at home. Thought this looked like it might be fun. Some came because we were ashamed not to. Many of us came because it was the right thing to do. And all of us have seen men die. This is a different kind of army. If you look back through history, you will see men fighting for pay, for women, for some other kind of loot. They fight for land, power. Because a king leads them, or, or just because they like killing. But we are here for something new. This has not happened much in the history of the world. We are an army out to set other men free. America should be free ground, all of it, not divided by a line between slave state and free, all the way from here to the Pacific Ocean. No man has to bow, no man born to royalty. Here we judge you by what you do, not by who your father was. Here you can be something. Here is the place to build a home. But it's not the land. There's always more land. It's the idea that we all have value. You and me. What we're fighting for in the end fighting for each other. Sorry, I uh, didn't mean to preach. <clears throat> you, uh, you go ahead. You talk for a while. Uh, if you, uh, if you choose to join us, you want your muskets back, you can have them. Nothing more will be said by anybody anywhere. If you uh, choose not to join us, well, you can come along under guard, and when this is all over, I will do what I can to see you get a fair treatment, but for now, we're moving out. Gentlemen, I think if we lose this fight, we lose the war. So if you choose to join us, I'll be personally very grateful. You know who we are, what we're doing here, but if you're going to fight alongside us, there's a few things I One want more you to time. know. <laughs> you know, guys, because uh, this is a true story, uh, out, of the, there's a, out of those 120 guys... 114 
decided to fight. And by the time they got to the battle, three more did. And there were only three holdouts. And I'm not actually I'm not sure what happened to them. But but that that battle did turn to be very pivotal for the Civil War. And actually in that battle there was a pivotal moment, a pivotal skirmish. It was on a little mountain called Little Round Top, and that's where these guys were. And they needed every one of those guys. Now there's you know, when the mission when the mission really matters, playing a part just makes sense. Um it just makes sense. And so what we're going to be, the, the play we're talking about today is just play number five is just participating in the ministry. It's participating in the ministry and what God's really wanting to do and accomplish. You know, many of us have really been connected to the grace of God and our lives have been really completely changed. And God really calls for us just to participate and really help other people get connected to the grace of God as well. And he really has a part for us to play. And so, you know, uh, participating in the ministry, uh, really, it, it, there's, a, there's a few things that it includes. One is just, you know, what we do here on Sunday mornings, the Sunday experience that we have here, that's part of, that's part of what, uh, that's part of what participating in the ministry is. It's also the personal ministry that, that you would have in the lives of other people, really helping them connect to the grace of God. It, it includes all of that. And so this morning, I want to just go over just a, just three things. Uh, just pertaining to participating in the ministry, just that we were created for ministry, we're gifted for ministry, and really we just need to find our part to play so we can be a part. Um, going to, just starting off with just you were created for ministry, you know, right after, there's a, there's a very, uh, you know, very uh, com- famous verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which is where Paul just says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, uh, not as a result of works that no one can boast. Well, he talked about how you connected to the grace of God. Then right after that, he says this in, in chapter in verse 10. He says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. So there's really a, there's really a ministry of good works, which is really just serving and helping other people connect to the grace of God. That's that God has really given each one of us and that he's actually created a place for us to step into, to be a part. And that's a, that's a big part of what's going on. When we stepped into the kingdom, he really has a, has a place for us really to contribute. The second thing is, you know, that really leads you to like, well, then just the idea like, well, how am I being gifted? How, how, what are some abilities that I have? What's my part to play? And so the second thing I want to look at just real quick, and that is just that you're really gifted for ministry. Um, I'd like to look at something Peter said in 1 Peter uh, 4, verse yeah, 10. He said, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, I, I remember coming across this verse uh, years ago just in my reading, and I could tell that there was something there that I, that I needed to get a hold of better, and so I decided I would memorize it. And just because what I found is that when you memorize things, they, they lock in. They lock in a whole lot more. And plus you start seeing a lot of other insights as you really mull and, and really think through like what the verse has to say. So I put that on a card. And I remember walking downhill from where I parked one day down to where I work. And then I, that evening I remember walking back up the hill. And I'm just kind of got that card kind of rolling over my head trying to say it several times. So I lock it in. And as I did, I was just... I don't know about you, but I memorized like a phrase at a time. So I went, as each one has received a special gift. And as I walked up the hill, I was just thinking, as each one. Man, 
every believer, every follower of Christ has a special, has really a, has really something, a gift that God has given them. Everyone. Huh. So I went, so as each one has received a special gift, I thought, special, it's like, I have a uni- I have some uniqueness that God's really created in me. And then as I kept walking up the hill, I was like, we should employ it in serving one another. Employ, employ. And I went, oh, this is, actually, this is work. You know, this is actually something God wants me to work at doing. And then employ it in serving one another that, that really, uh, we're, what I, the picture that came to my mind was just kind of a, a group of people where they were actually serving one another and there's like a, a group of people where they're really helping through their uniqueness, really helping and helping each other. And so that, that this whole picture of like a group began to come into my head. And then as I kept going, I went, good stewards of the manifold grace of God, good stewards. And I thought, you know, my unique abilities that God has given me are really a trust and a responsibility that God has given me. That I really, I really need to use those because he's given those to me. And then uh, good stewards of the manifold grace of God, just... That my abilities really were a means of extending and connecting the grace of God to other people. Just they were a means and uh, of just connecting and extending the grace of God to other people. And that I really had a part to play. And so I began just walking up the hill. My whole understanding of like what it meant, what what God had, had he had uniquely connected me or and the unique abilities he given me had completely changed. And I began then trying to figure out like where do I... You know, where is it that I have a unique part to play? What is my gifting? And so, you know, as you, as you're listening to this this morning, there might be some things that, you know, you're really gifted in. You might be gifted as a teacher. You might be gifted in organizing. You might be gifted with children. You might be gifted in encouraging and helping other people really come and connect to the grace of God. Uh, you might be a gifted musician. You might, there might be many different things that you might be gifted in that you could really contribute out of. And so the next thing is just, you know, finding your part to play. And so I want to, the third thing I'd like to look at is just finding your part to play. Um, you know, one thing, one thing to do is you're trying to, trying to figure out, like, you know, how, how has God really wired me? Is think through what God has really blessed in the past. You know, one thing, just think through what God has really blessed in the past. And think through times when you really felt energized and when you felt like you'd really been used by God. Just those times that you really connected and you felt like God had really used you. Be, pay attention to those kinds of things. And then also ask, ask other people around you what they think, people that know you. Cause they might, they might call out something in you that maybe it's something that uh, hasn't been developed much yet, but they might see something in you. And you get kind of an idea of like, uh, just different things that God may have wired in you. But you know, if you haven't, if you haven't really found like your, your place and your unique abilities yet, one thing I would really suggest is that you just start serving somewhere. Find a place to plug in and start serving somewhere. Uh, you really discover your gifts by getting involved in ministry. You get involved in things, you kind of see how it goes, and you see if this is really something that God's really blessing, if that's really what He has for you. And, you know, until you really connect and actually start with something, you really, you really don't know what you're good at. And so just, you know, find a place to just start and, and begin to, uh, just see what really God blesses. Now, as I, as you, as I say that, and as you think about like where you could start, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I, when I think about starting something new or I jump into something new, I begin to see my inadequacies. And I begin to see things that I'm kind of just like, well, I don't know if I'm prepared enough. I don't know, I don't know if I have, you know, everything that a person would need if they were going to serve in that way. And it's just, I begin to 
uh, I can really have some, uh, just some, I begin to see my inadequacies. What I want, I want this morning, I want to take just a little bit of time and I want to look at a story, a very familiar story, uh, in the scriptures for anyone that's been around the church. And that is the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, and so what I want to do is I'd like, as we go through this, to think about this through the lens of the disciples, how they were experiencing this. And so we're just going to walk through this, uh, verse by verse and just kind of walk through like what was happening. Now, before we start reading the account, overarching what was happening is Jesus had just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been executed. And he, he says that he went away to a secluded place. And he was just, he was just mourning his cousin. He was looking for a place where he could just, uh, just mourn his cousin. But as he's in this boat heading over there, the crowd kind of sees where he's headed and they, they come around, they meet him there. And so Jesus gets off the boat and he sees the people and he feels really compassion for them and he begins to teach them. He teaches them all day, but they're in this really secluded place. And then when it came evening time in verse 15, it says, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go to the villages and buy food for themselves. And, you know, probably they were feeling a little hungry themselves, too. You know, they're just like, hey, you know, if we get rid of this crowd, <laughs> then maybe we could go to McDonald's or something. We can go get something to eat. Um, so, so they're just like, hey, you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. You know, Jesus, uh, why don't let's just, let's go ahead and cut them all loose. And and Jesus says something that uh, there was I don't think they were really expecting to hear. And he said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they're like, 5,000 men plus women and children. You're like, uh, well, let's see. Let's uh, put our money together. You know, they, they immediately, um, they begin to see their inadequacies and they begin to see that, man, the need is way more than we could do. And, and they did what, they did what, what we typically do is they just, they just, uh, they, they kind of shared the excuse and they just kind of said, you know, uh, Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish. And it's kind of like this, so you can see the problem. You know, it's kind of like this little bit, 5,000 people. And, you know, we just don't have enough. Then Jesus said something that I really just want us to, to just really connect to this morning. He said this. He said, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. You know, there's things like you might, as you think about stepping into a ministry environment or to something you could do, something that God might want, maybe He's gifted you for and you're trying to figure that out. You might think something like, you know, I don't know enough about the Bible to help anybody. Well, you know what? Jesus would say, well, just bring what you know to me. You might be thinking, well, I just don't have enough time. You know, time is like really hard for me. And I think what Jesus would say to us is, well, just bring the time you have to me. And then you might be thinking, well, I just don't have enough experience. Well, Jesus said, well, bring the experience that you have to me. You might think, well, what if they ask questions I don't know the answers to? Well, bring the answers that you have to me. And as we do that, then Jesus can really do something with what we really have to give. And so let's look at, look at the next verse as to what happened. Jesus, it says, ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food and breaking the loaves, he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. Five thousand people. So what they did is, from the disciples' point of view, is they 
They were with Jesus and they took the food they, they'd given to him. They took it and they turned around and they gave it to people. They just simply did what they could do. But something amazing happened around them. And what God did, and Jesus did, what only Jesus can do, is he took the little bit that they had and he turned it into exactly what everyone needed around them. And he was, and he was really teaching them a lesson. They simply did what they knew to do. And God really allowed them to accomplish far more than anything they could have ever done in their own strength. And that, that's a, that's a real principle that I've, I've seen that play out in my life I don't know how many times. When I step into something or in an arena or somewhere where I think, uh, or just a relationship, I think maybe I could help. Maybe God would want to use me. I, I, I get those feelings of like, I don't think I have enough to offer. And that, um, what God would say to me and what he has said to me is just take what you have, do what you can, and then watch and see what I do. And as you do that, when we do what we can and we trust God to do what only he can do, our faith is really strengthened. And we begin to see that this is what God's doing in people's lives. It's not, it's not, it's not just originating from me. It's not just what I know. It's actually what God knows. And when we connect with people, then God is able to connect through us to them and really make a difference. And uh, when, when he does that, we see, you know, we didn't do that. You know, the disciples, they didn't go around going, you see all those people we fed? No, they weren't, they weren't thinking that. They were going, whoa, this is crazy. Look what Jesus did. And so just that's, that's really a principle. As you're stepping into uh, finding your place in personal ministry or in participating in the ministry of the church, that's something you really want to keep in mind is that it's not just you. It's actually it's for the benefit of the people that you would help, but it's also for your own benefit and your faith really to grow in what God can really do through you. And so, you know what, I just, several years ago, I had, uh, when I was, you know, just kind of starting out trying to find my part to play and where I, where my unique abilities were. And I think I'm still on that journey, by the way, just, just so you know. Um, but I, we had this, we had a student that stayed with us over the summer. My, my wife and I, we only had one kid at the time, but we had a student stay with us over the summer. And then his brother, his brother was in the Navy and his brother came home on a furlough or whatever they call that in the Navy. And they, uh, he stayed, he, so he stayed at our house for a few days. And so the student that was staying with us was talking to me one night and he said, Hey, my brother's having a real problem. He's, he's, he's really struggling. Uh, he just doesn't even know if Christianity is really real or not. And I just thought, man, man okay. And I, and I thought, you know, this is an op- this may be just an opportunity to really help him in some way. But as soon as I had that thought, the next thought I had was, I don't know what I would have to offer somebody that was, you know, un- you know not really sure like of the whole framework of Christianity. Like, how would you help somebody like that? And, and so I got, I got kind of nervous about really trying to do anything. But then I felt like, you know, he's getting ready to go back to the Navy. This is an opportunity. God, I'm just going to connect with him. And I just pray that you would, you would connect well, us in some way. So I, so I said, Hey, I'm going to run down. I got to run down the store and run some errands. Do you want to come with me? And he goes, Ah, sure. Okay. So we went on and run some errands. And as we're driving back to the house, I don't know about you, there's that moment when you decide, am I going to help or not? Am I going to engage or not? And as I get that engagement, as I start, I say, you know, I'm going to get home pretty soon. And I'm going to miss this opportunity. And so I, I was trying to think, of how could I start a conversation like this? And I just, I asked a question that he was very gracious. And otherwise, it might have felt kind of strange to come out of nowhere. And I said, 
so how's your walk with God doing or something like that and and he anyway and he was he was just he was real honest and he said you know honestly it's not good at all he says you know honestly I don't even know if God exists you know as he said that what happened in my head was the night before Kate and I had been on a date and uh with Kate and I we like books and we always we're not we're not very exciting people to go on dates with. Um, we we go to you know hang out, maybe watch a movie or something. We always wind up at a bookstore. It's like you know and we just both love books, we love reading, so we're like going through the bookstore and and I was at this it was a I went to the Christian book section at this bookstore and I was just pulling up books. I pulled up this book like How to Share Your Faith and I was flipping through the appendix and they had this little thing that caught my eye and it said, you know, when it comes to the existence of God there's only only four options. One is that there is no God, and I don't believe in Him, uh, which is intellectually honest. Uh, another option that could exist is there is no God, and I do believe in Him. And you know that can be you know if that were true, then that's kind of a it's kind of a crazy place to be. You believe in fairy tales, and then the second, the third option is there is a God, and I don't believe in Him. I said you know that's kind of that's a real scary option. Because uh, that means that there really is meaning in life. There's something you really want to connect to, but you're just missing it. And then there's a fourth option, that there is a God, and I do believe in him. Those are really the four positions you could take. And I remember I just read that, and as he said that, I just said, well, actually, there's only four options. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wasn't because I had this depth of knowledge. It was just because God had just brought some things into my sphere, and it was exactly what this gentleman, this friend of mine, needed to hear. And so he, so he said, he, and I, I shared that, and I got to the second one. There is no, what if there is no God and you believe in him? He goes, that's exactly how I feel. What if I, what if I pursue all this, but just when it turns out, there's just nothing to it. And, and so when he said that, another thought came to my mind, and that was, I said, you know, actually there's a book that I read about a year ago called, Can Man Live Without God? I said, you know what? It just had some really good things. And I shared a couple of things that I remembered from it. And I said, you ought to, if you, would you like to borrow that book? I think that might be something that really help you. And he goes, yeah, I really would. So when we got home, I just pulled it off the shelf and I let him borrow it. And he, a few days later, he went back and he was on the, he went on a Navy ship. And I got, I got an email from him months later from the, from the ship. And he just said, Jeep, thanks so much for talking to me. He said, that book, Answered a lot of the questions that I had. And I said, "Man, that's that's awesome." And uh, and then when he got out of the Navy, he came back. He lived in around this area, and he and I connected some more. And God really gave me an opportunity just to be a part of his story. And uh, I actually saw him actually get connected to the grace of God. He, he began to really uh, he actually committed his life to Christ. He began to understand really what that meant. And you know what I didn't do. I didn't do that. I didn't do anything other than just connect with him. And God just used a few things that I knew, and he turned it into something that really changed someone's life. And if it was all up to me, I don't think I would have any hope really to actually help anybody. <laughs> but knowing that I'm working hand in hand with God and that God really wants to help other people, it makes all the difference. Um you know, when uh, God really used the little bit that I had and really impacted my friend. You know, as you, this morning, as you look 
maybe if you're looking maybe for your part to play, first thing I'd just like to say that we have many people here that really, uh, that really uh, volunteer and really make our Sunday morning experience happen and really make our, our group life happen. And they're really folks that are really connecting to the lives of other people, helping them come to know God. And I am extremely grateful for everyone that we have that really participates because this, we cannot accomplish what this church does without everyone really participating like that. But, you know, maybe for you this morning, maybe you're trying to find your part to play. You know, uh, I would ask you just, for one, there's a couple of things I'd like to ask you to consider. One is just to consider uh, joining one of our teams that really makes things happen here on our Sunday mornings. You know, we have our, we have our facilities team that sets things up, tears things down. Uh, we have our hospitality team who just makes the environment something that's invite, inviting to people. We have our first impressions team who uh, they just meet and greet people, kind of help people know where to go. Uh, we have our sight and sound team who just make everything you see up here happen and make sure that everything uh, is regulated and works well. We have our nursery team, our worship team. We have our kids zone ministry. There's a lot of things that we do here. And I would just encourage you, if you're, if you're interested in finding out where you, a part you could play, is you can mark on your connection card just, I'd like to know more about teams. And we'll just, we'll get a hold of you, we'll talk with you, and we'll help you just see like a place that you could, you could fit in and maybe start and see if that's a good place, a good fit for you. And then the second thing I'd like to just bring up is, you know, maybe there's someone in your group right now. You know, the groups we started last week, or maybe your group on campus, maybe there's someone in your group right now, or maybe someone else in your sphere of relationships at work or wherever you're at, that you could really invest in, that you could uh, really help them connect to the grace of God by just getting time with them, getting to know them, and just um, and give God what you have and do what you can do and see what God does in their lives. Just ask you to consider doing that. So I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And as they're coming, this would be a good time if you haven't finished filling out your connection card. Uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and you can do that now. We can drop that in the offering when it comes by. And just some next steps, you know, just maybe for you just to work to discover my gift, your part to play is really a step for you. And then uh, maybe memorizing First Peter 4.10 and just get a bigger picture, a better picture of just like what it looks like to really participate together. And then maybe God has really shared something else with you today, put something in your mind. I'd really encourage you to just really act on that. So let me pray for us, and we'll get back to service. God, I just, I just thank you this morning for your grace.